Biff Bampop presents Heroes and Villains. And now your host, E.A. Henson. Hey everybody, on this episode of Heroes and Villains, my guest is Dick Valentine. Some of you may know him as the frontman of Detroit-based rock group Electric Six, and he's also an accomplished author and solo musician in his own right. You can find him online at patreon.com slash sings the songs America Loves, or just electric6.com. He's also on Instagram at Destroy the Children. Here's my chat with Dick Valentine. Yes! Okay. I am joined by Dick Valentine for this episode. How you doing, sir? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, uh, feeling good. Feeling good. Excellent. And uh, we've been talking on the record for about 10 seconds now. And in that time, how many books, essays, live stream concerts, podcast albums have you released in that time? In that time, uh, zero. I'm, uh, it's taco night here at my house. So I'm, um, right now I'm just thinking about getting to the refried beans. Okay. What kind of tacos? What do you go for? Uh, we got, we got some grass fed beef, uh, that, that has been ground up and, and then we're going to have a series of beans. Uh, I have cilantro, cilantro with onions, uh, several different types of salsa. And, uh, and then, uh, I, I've made the guacamole and then rice and then, uh, several different types of tortillas as well. So we just try to give everyone uh, a little bit of what they want. And then, uh, you know, everybody gets to assemble their own taco. Very nice. What kind of tacos or what kind of salsa do you go for generally? Well, this is, I uh, got, I got a Meyer green and a Meyer red. Uh, right. And then, and then a Meyer, a Meyer Pico de Gallo as well. Very nice. Uh, so, in one of my uh, main aims for bringing you here was I really wanted to talk about your books, your career as an author. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good career. Uh, it started uh, in I believe 2012 uh, because now we had a we had a kid for the first time. She was she was a little baby, and I was used to in my life at that uh, at that point like. Um, if I was off of the road, I could make music all day long. I could make sound. I could make noise. And then all of a sudden I get this uh, this person that needs to sleep and I can't make any more noise. So I need uh, I've got that time that I'm used to using to be creative. So I needed to do something different with it. So I, uh, I had this idea to write um, write a detective novel and make it. Uh, I just wanted to make it gratuitously pornographic for comedy value. And uh, so I wrote the first book and then, uh, um, uh, you know, it kind of felt like. If I did an audio book, that would that would be kind of unique, and I could market those and and uh, and sell them any way I wanted to. And it's it's uh, and now we're seven books into it, and uh, I'm working on my eighth right now. So it's um it's just something that I think intended to be maybe one book and see how it went, and then I just couldn't stop doing it. <laughs> how long? Uh, what's your turnaround time for one of those books? Because I know to the I, I I've listened to in researching this, I listened to a bunch of the audio books, and. Uh, they do get progressively longer and more intricate. Is it just something that kind of got away from you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, this this uh, I'm on my second Western right now, and this one's taken a while. But I also just I just don't feel the need um, to, you know, like I, I'm taking my time with this one. I, I I don't feel the burn like I did for all the rest of these to like get them do one a year kind of thing. So this one, I'm, I'm maybe like 15 pages into it. And I'm, you know, uh, might be beginning to write some more this week if I can but I have no timetable for release. But yeah, uh, earlier on, I, I couldn't stop. Like, I just felt like it was kind of like the E6 albums. I wanted to do one a year and just just uh, just crank them out. And, you know, I, when I did Chinatown Reach Around, the first book, I had no no idea where it was going to go. I just knew that I wanted the the protagonist to be an awful person. And he gets his comeuppance at the end. And his, come up, his comeuppance is going to be him strapped on a, like on a wall for like years. 
like that's what's gonna happen to me. He's like like gimp style, but and he's getting everything he deserves because he's an awful person. And then uh, basically the arc of the books is just um, uh, he gets um, he meets the world's other awful person in O.J. Simpson, and they get fused uh, into being the the new devil for the new world. So that you take the two worst people on earth, turn them into the devil, and that's kind of what the book is about. Now, the, the, are, seri- the series, I should say. Now, these are set primarily in uh, L.A. I, you used to work for PR Newswire, correct? And that was in California. That was in, yeah, and, and Detroit as well. So I worked for both um, uh, offices. And then, uh, yeah, I spent some time in L.A. So, um, you know, it's uh, the year that I was there, I really got to know and love the town and, and, uh, and, and you know, know my way around it a little bit. And just that whole, you know, L.A. noir detective kind of thing has always uh, resonated with me. So it's Raymond Chandler by way of like Larry Flint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that is kind of it. <laughs> um, yeah, just he, he definitely a uh, you know he, he's he's a not a he's not a sympathetic character, and in, in every book he gets what's coming to him. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that in the first book there were definitely themes of decay, celibacy. The the dick measuring was uh, <laughs> something that yeah. was. Music uh, I, I've yeah I don't know what any of that means the, I, I found more meaning in the later books so the first book was just uh, you know I, like I said I was just trying to get him up on that wall and uh, and, and you know if it, it, there's a whole lot of holes in that plot um, but that's okay because a lot of a lot of like if you watch like criminal minds or something like that I mean there's holes in all those plots too I mean it, it doesn't have to be 100% tied up you, you know you can have some loose ends and still put, put it out and make money nobody's nobody's gonna come get you yeah, I think it was Agatha Christie that said the only I think it's the only way for you to know uh, the only person that knows where a story is going to go is the author. There's no way for the reader to actually solve. I don't know. I because, I, like, you know, like I said, I write and I, you know, when I when I begin writing, I have no idea how it's going to end with the book I'm working on now. I just had a revelation of like, you know, what, you know, I, I set up these characters. I had something happen, but I didn't know where it was going. Now it's like this week I was like, OK, now I know it's going to happen. So sometimes it takes a while for you to to figure that out. Okay. So you don't really have, you don't sit down with like a whiteboard and map out the arc of the plot or anything like that. Not at all. And and, and again, like if you look at the, the Bart Duquesne, it's six books and it, it gets wrapped up. Um, and, you know, I was able to like, I was, I'm able to look back and have it all, like have all the books make sense, have the arc of the characters where it's going. But in the time I was writing it, you know, I thought each book would be the last, you know, the, um, with the third, the third book, uh, spoiler alert, if you're, if, if you care, um, you know, Los Angeles gets destroyed by a nuclear bomb. So that could be the ending, but then it's like, what happens after the, what happens after a nuclear bomb? Well, there's radioactive fallout. So what can you do with that? You can have uh, a race of mutants come up from the radioactive fallout. So that's book number four. Um, so you just, you know, you can always keep going with it. You know, you've seen many times where a character dies and somehow they, somehow you bring them back because it's bankable. And, you know, in, in my case, bankable means, you know, uh, hundreds of dollars, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Conan Doyle famously brought back Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's uh, that's yeah. You don't you have no I, I have no idea what I'm doing when I'm writing, but uh, it's it, it sure is fun. Is there uh, if there was a call or if there was money in it, would you bring back Bart Duquesne? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's not even a question if there's money in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I. I you look at our Powerball and our Mega Millions. You know, I, I I play them anyway. But when they get up to the the amount that Mega's at right now, what is it's like almost nine hundred million. I mean, I I buy tickets because that's the only way I'm going to finance these movies. You know, uh, and I want to get them done. Um, that that's that's a goal of mine is just to you know shut down the band and just start 
directing these movies. And, and uh, you know, that's the only way I can do that is if I win on uh, Tuesday's drawing. No, you would direct. You wouldn't direct and star. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, people were struggling as to who would be the perfect Bart Duquesne as an actor, and somebody somebody said it. Um, I, I hadn't thought of it, but Matt Berry. I think Matt Berry, if if he could get him, throw some money at Matt Berry, would be an amazing Bart Duquesne. Um, that actually uh, the, sounds perfect. Yeah, the the Western um, Horace Ryder. Uh, it's just he's getting older now, but like that's a Rafe Fiennes kind of character. Like the, I always had Rafe Fiennes in mind when I when I when I came up with Horace Ryder. So if you need a Rafe Fiennes kind of esque, you know, I could I could probably do it. If, if we're doing those Westerns, but I'd probably start with the Duquesne series because it's, it's it's pretty cool. Now, the Bart Duquesne series, it is a detective story that does border on science fiction. Would you ever do something full science fiction? Because in the Bart Duquesne books, you obviously have him under alien control and he's sticking his dick in uh, mail slots of churches looking yeah, for God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I mean, I just, uh, I, 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 in in music and in writing and in anything i take the path of least resistance i'm not i'm not i'm never looking to to go outside my comfort zone at all so if, if these ideas just came to me and they were easy to write and that's why i did it um as far as you know like and it's the same thing with the westerns um you know it is it, they always begin in the wild west but there is some time travel there is there's there's uh you know uh, future plots and things like that so um, you know, time warping. And, and so, you know, our character Horace Ryder goes in and out of wormholes and, and jumps all over the place and doesn't even know he's doing it. Uh, whereas Bart Duquesne is more like technology based and, uh, and aliens, of course. So, um, yeah, it's just, just to spice it up a bit. And, and that's also with, with the gratuitous sex. I mean, it, it, you know, these, you start just the minute you think like you got a serious plot going, then I just throw in some sex and, and the, you know, that is just to keep you entertained and to, to, to keep you going. Uh, what's the general reaction to people who have read these books? I myself have read pretty much damn near all of them, but I can only speak for myself. What feedback have you gotten on these? The, I mean, it's the, you know, the most rewarding one is this is actually really good. And I get that a lot. So, <laughs> you know, and that's, uh, you know, the, the I, I had a, I had a guy buy the whole series the other day and, you know, he was coming at me with OJ Simpson quotes and it's just like, you know, that's, you know, I'm very proud of that whenever, whenever, somebody uh remarks on on the way i used oj simpson you know so i i, I wanted oj to be a very primal a very primal take on him just a very base level um you know base instincts base desires and uh, you know i think I, I think i got that out of him he does seem uh very much all id in uh yeah. the book that he's in well that's that's that's, <laughs> that's what you want out of uh out of somebody like him um yeah he's an awful man and he and uh and then yeah so that's the thing i like i said before you're the whole series just about taking the two worst people and bringing them together to, to, to fuse into the, the a singular awful person now as a musician would you have you're definitely a you know the primary songwriter for the band uh would you have classed yourself as a you know frustrated writer you're doing music but you always wanted to write or direct or is there just no you said passive path of least resistance earlier is that just something Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, and I look at I look at all uh, you know people I know who have gone the film route, and um, you know it, it is it's so much more difficult to 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 make films. You know, it's a it's it's a time consuming process. The the higher you know to make a better film, you need more and more people involved. It takes time. It takes money. It takes just everything. And, and the great thing about being a musician is um, uh, you you get immediate 
uh, gratification and immediate feedback. Um, you know, you just go up and you play a show and, 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 you know, you have to practice of course, and making a record is time consuming, but it's, it's nowhere near the process of making a film and it's the, the, the things you have to do to, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed music for that reason. Just if, if I, if I, if I need to feel uh, like I'm doing something with my life, you just go play a show. And you mentioned film. What was the uh, production schedule like for Roulette Stars of Metro Detroit? Oh, uh, it was it was as we could do it. Um, you know, I mean, we were you know we were motivated to get it done. You know, I think we had like a you know when we did the when we crowdfunded it. I think we promised like a two year delivery window or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it, I can tell you we you know the. the the band will never do anything like that again, but it was, it was, I can't believe we pulled it off. Honestly, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it was a one-time deal. I'm, I'm very happy with, with it. And it was a lot of fun to do. Um, but we would shoot, you would get a scene done like once every two, three months, I think in that time. Okay. Let's see. Now what else? So you do, uh, we, I don't think we, I think we talked about this off mic, but you do have a Patreon currently, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, it, it really got me through the pandemic. Um, you know, I just, you know, thought it was a good idea to have one and I try to keep it going as best I can. Um, it's, it's been good actually. Now they finally got around to like, I can, I can embed video, uh, like that is unique to Patreon before I had to like have a YouTube channel and like just post a link. And I don't know why it took them that long to get rid of it. So now like video content is exclusive to Patreon. Um, but it's been fun. I've, I've, I've enjoyed doing that. Um, you know, the, the fake podcasts, which I did a, most of those during the pandemic. Um, that's one wait, of the, I mean, wait, those are, the, those are fake. Yeah. The let's get right to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that. I would love to maybe get, if I, you know, there it's kind of time consuming doing those, but, um, um, you know, if I could get back to it, it'd be great. Now you mentioned that you, you mentioned the pandemic, how that kind of kept you afloat. How was the pandemic for you? Because we're, we'll, we'll get, to it uh because there was no real electric six output during that time aside yeah. from uh, well we, we did streets of gold the, the cover the covers record um mm -hmm. uh, so that and that that our new record coming out turquoise we started turquoise in january 2020 uh we did like two songs in january and you know thinking we were gonna have the record done at the end of the year and obviously covid got in the way but the other thing that got in the way was cleopatra records came to us and we're like, we want you to do this covers record and we're going to, you know, throw X amount of money at you to do it. And we were just like, we got to do that. <laughs> like, that's that's something we need to do. So that set us back. Um, but we're finally getting the new record out. And, uh, you know, it's 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 I think it's well worth a five year wait. It's it's got some got some really good stuff on it. Um, but as far as the as far as the pandemic itself, uh, you know, it was it was weird the first couple months uh and we were all just like you know we're touring musicians this is we're so used to going on the road what the fuck is happening and it's and then it's like after some time i realized it was the best thing that i mean you know you don't want to say that in light of like people who got really sick or people who died but um you know it was uh for me it forced me to get off the road for 18 months and i had never done that before and i like i was i wasn't able to do it i was it was really tough to turn down work and you know we've always operated from a standpoint of you know um if you stop doing this, it'll be taken away from you. Yeah. So we just, that's why we never stopped. So the decision was made for us and I got to stay home and, and just kind of get my thoughts together. And it was, uh, it was really good for me in that regard. Now, are you somebody who has a hard time just being idle? Generally? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I'm also, also, uh, I have a hard time not traveling. Uh, like if, if I'm, if I'm home for, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I have, I've, kids now and i love being around the kids and, and and stuff but i mean if i'm if i'm just if i'm not going somewhere 
it, uh, you know, it's, it, it's tough for me. I've, I've, I've definitely, there's definitely a Johnny cash, uh, uh, trapped inside of me, you know, and I've been like with that, you know, I've say it all the time. I've been, I've been to more places in the UK than, you know, 95% of, of British people, you know, I mean, like, you know, I do feel like the Johnny cash of England, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been everywhere. <laughs> and you know, we, you know, that's, the, that's what we've done. We've, you know, played these really small towns and I've done like solo acoustic performances there as well. And it just, uh, you know, yeah, to your point, I just, you know, th- there's a part of me, I just can't, I love traveling. I really do. Yeah, And over in the UK, you have done the American Troubadour stuff. Have you gotten back to that? I just did a, in May, I did a, a two-week tour of Ireland. I just stayed in Ireland, and uh, you know that's that's amazing too. That's uh, so yeah. I mean, I there's only so many so many days, and I, I have to I, you know I have to be home more for the kids. So I do tour less and cognizant of that. So just trying to find the right balance of continuing to play shows, and you know I, I still I still think I tour a little too much, but um, you know we I, you know we got to keep keep it going somehow, and uh, also try not you know try to be there for the kids. Okay. Now you mentioned you have turquoise coming out in September, correct? Uh, September 8th, Metropolis records. Okay. What is the, the general gist of this record? It's, uh, like a lot of electric six records. It's a grab bag of sounds. It's, uh, there are some straight up rockers, belters, a couple really, really poppy numbers. Um, there's kind of like a, a country song sounds kind of like Graham Parsons, Bruce Springsteen sort of thing. Um, you know uh, yeah it's uh it's i think it's 14 songs 13 14 songs and it's just all over the map in terms of what you know and that's you know we have many records like that so it is an electric six record um but i think when it's i think it's got three or four of like the just the catchiest songs we've ever done so i, I really like it for that excellent is uh staten island ass squad one of them it is it absolutely is yeah um uh I would say that the song turquoise and then the first song, take me to the sugar, uh, are just like, yeah, you get the, the total ear, earworms. You're probably going to be recording a, uh, bleed for the artist about the record pretty soon. Correct. Oh, it's recorded. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm waiting till August to, to like get a little closer to the record to, to put it out. And for those who don't know, bleed for the artist is the Patreon exclusive podcast where people can listen to your takes on basically all your, uh, records past present uh solo records electric six records so it's for the people yep. who, who've ever wondered if you know what p.o box 900 is or <laughs> it's all that yeah I, I, it's 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 i try to keep it focused on the lyrics because that's like what i 100 percent in confidence you know uh, know you know like what's going on i i really really try not to speak out of turn uh it, you know about production or you know what microphone was used because i don't know or you know so like uh, when you talk about making turquoise i try to keep it from a lyrical perspective right you're not going to talk about mastering or anything like that no never i still still have a hard time understanding what mastering is so i'm not going to talk about it one of my takeaways in, in prep for this i went ahead and you know read a bunch of the books listened to a bunch of the audiobooks listened to a bunch of the podcasts it does seem like you still are taking a great amount of joy from songwriting and creating and yeah, is is that something yeah. you're twenty records in with like Electric Six at this point? Yeah, I, it's the same thing. Like if I'm not if I'm not sitting down writing a song, I mean I'm I'm just I'm not you know, I'm not happy. And it, uh, fortunately f- for me, is like the older I get, the more like acoustic guitar based it's getting. And that's you know you can just sit down with a if you know the seven chords on an acoustic guitar. Um, you know I'm, I don't need. I, I don't need a synthesizer no more. I'm good. <laughs> it's like, 
you just uh, sit down and write some songs but even with acoustic guitar like you can go into the studio and lay lay the skeleton at, and then then you can like if you find um you know a, a sitar or this synth or that synth then you can have a go at it but um yeah it's uh for me i uh same same as traveling if i if i haven't written a new song but by, by the end of a week then i'm you know i, I start to get antsy Okay. Now we're coming up against time here. So I have a couple of, uh, and again, people should listen to your Patreon Bleed for the Hours podcast to get the full story on all these, but I had a few songs randomly selected I wanted to talk to you about. Sure. Okay. Uh, so right off of uh, Bitch Don't Let Me Die, Roulette. The song Roulette? The song Roulette. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, just at that point in touring, uh, I, I, I think it was... Around 2012, we st- we did a residency at uh, the Cosmopolitan in Vegas, um, which was a, one of the cooler things we did. They played, we played there for four days. We really played in like in a, in a lounge on the floor, and they gave us rooms and a little bit of money and stuff. But all we had to do is just play a couple sets at night, and then we had like all day in Vegas at the pool. It was it was fun. So uh, Dave Malash turned me on to Video Roulette. He was playing Video Roulette the whole time, and I got turned on to it. And then we just became like obsessed with Video Video Roulette for a good seven eight years on the road. We were just if we were like in Iowa, like trying to stay at a casino, you know, saying, you know, any state that had legalized gambling, like in Wisconsin, we'd stay at Ho-Chunk, you know, just rather than, rather than stay at a, at a courtyard by Marriott, we want to stay at a casino. And that's it. So it was just, it, 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 yeah, we just loved roulette, specifically video roulette because it was less pressure. You know, you could like do 10 cent bets, you know, you're not losing your shirt. Um, and it was a big part of our touring experience. So I, I think that was just what the song is about. Um, the the uh the line i should have walked away um what is that the, the is it the cutting crew song like i should have walked away or I, yeah i think i think i completely ripped that off uh, from cutting crew <laughs> just died, died died in your arms tonight so um but yeah to me that's just a very simple song um yeah and uh yeah every time i look in your eyes it's roulette it's it's pretty not too hard to figure that one out okay so um heartbeats and brainwaves hello i see you Oh right, um, yeah that um, that is completely about um, like like a religious conversion. The the ecstasy of of like your eyes are open, you're seeing the light. In this case, you're being converted to Satanism, and that's just a hundred percent of what it's about. Fantastic, uh, white gold. Is it me or do you love my hair? Oh, so I didn't I didn't I didn't write those lyrics, but now this this is funny. Uh, uh, that was complete like big corporate advert kind of kind of deal. Um, and I was brought in to be the voice, but not the lyricist. Uh, the guy who wrote the lyrics, um, you know, flew to Detroit. We met with him and all that. And, um, you know, had the expense account. We w- went out in Detroit. Eight years later, uh, I, he's living at the end of my block in Brooklyn. Like he's really? like literally, yeah, he's like, he's like literally right there. Like I keep running into him and stuff. We, we hung a couple times, but yeah, it's a small world. Um, yeah, but uh, um, yeah, he, uh, uh, Andrew Bancroft is his name. He wrote all those lyrics. So I'd have to go back and listen to it because uh, I, I, you know, I didn't write them. Is that something that was backed by the Dairy Council of America? Yeah, it's I mean, when you're doing when you're doing advertising, you know, I wasn't going to step in and like, like, no, dude, I'm writing the lyrics. You know, just, I just I was just happy to have the work. So, um, yeah, whatever, they, whatever they gave me, I, I sang it. Sing into a can. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, destroy the children. I am repulsed by my daughter's lover. Um, one night I was. I was completely wasted on stage and, uh, you know, I go, you know, do 
on stage, like in between songs, you just say, hey, I want to know how many people are out there getting high you know, and like doing all that. Uh, and like, how many people are using heroin tonight? Yeah. And then like one night, just I don't even know where it came from. Like, how many people are repulsed by your daughter's lover? <laughs> and and like, yeah. And somebody in the band was like, did you, have, did you just ask the crowd if, if they were repulsed by their daughter's lover? And I was like, I, I don't know. I guess they did. So that's, you know, that's where that came from. Um, and I just the, the, one a lot of songs just start with a title and then you build build the concept around it. And, uh, you know, as you listen to it, that's, you know, that's pretty much where it comes from. And in the end, you know, uh, I am repulsed by my own reflection. He just, you know, the, the, the dad realizes he's overreacting. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of a jerk. So that's, that's the idea. Excellent. So, um, uh, turquoise will be out September 8th and you'll be going back out on the road pretty soon. Uh, yeah, we have, um, uh, and well, yeah, we got a couple months off, but end of September, we start in St. Louis and kind of work our way around like uh, east of the Mississippi. We're looking at going west of the Mississippi next year. And then uh, we're doing in the UK and Europe, which we do every year, November, December. It's going to be the 20th anniversary of fire as well as turquoise. So um, we'll be doing two sets a night, kind of a grab bag of you know songs from the new record and down at McDonald's and I buy the drugs and all that. And then we're going to go backstage and then come back and do fire in its entirety which which we did the same thing for the 10th anniversary so it's just it's just a way to way to sell more tickets and uh it's it's you know it's it's easy and fun fire the fire set goes by pretty quickly we did it in australia this year so it's just like 35 minutes and uh, then you're then you're done now with uh it being the 12th or 20th geez uh, i can't believe i've been seeing you for that long uh the 20th anniversary of fire um it's probably outside of your purview but is there any talk about reissuing the the record uh there is yeah uh, um xl is um is I, I believe they're doing it i, I think there's plans in place to have a, a vinyl reissue so um that might i don't think it's coming out i mean even though it's 20th anniversary i don't think it's coming out till 2024 but i'm you know i've just i've signed off on it i'm not i'm not i'm not a vinyl collector at all uh so it's just you know it's it, it, you know i'll look at the final product and it should be fine with me. So I, I definitely don't look backwards that, that much. So it, to me, those, even if they remaster it and do all, it'll, the, the sounds, the songs will sound the same to me. Cause I don't really listen to them. <laughs> so that's, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. It's the album that put us on, on the map. And there are so many, so many uh, uh, amazing moments from that year that it came out. So it's, it's, you know, I don't want to poo poo it. I just, uh, I'm just not much of a, not much of a vinyl collector myself. So I don't get that excited for it. Now, if you give me, if you give me $500 million to direct the Bart Duquesne series, then I'll, I'll be really, really fucking excited. Now, would that be 500 million per movie or 500 million in total? Cause you do some... I, both. <laughs> <laughs> I take, I, t- I take all of it. I take, all, I take all the money. Um, let's see. I think we pretty well covered it. I think I've got everything checked off my list here. So it's taco time. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been easy and fun. So I, I appreciate you. Well, I really appreciate the time and, yep. uh, I can't believe like I'm talking to the guy that I saw at the majestic back in 2003 or whatever. Oh, you were at that show. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was a big one. Was that the like Midwest product? Did they, were they on that bill? I can't they... remember. Honestly, I know you wore a suit on top of a suit. Yeah, I did that back in the day. Uh, maybe back in spades, open up that show. That sounds right to me. Uh, maybe, or maybe it was both of them, but yeah, that was the, that was the biggest Detroit show we ever played. I mean, cause that was a, uh, that was like right, right after, after fire and all that so yeah i remember that night vividly so that's cool all right well i appreciate your time and uh i can't say that i I can't say it enough i really appreciate it oh thank you Uh, and I'll, i'll look out for it all right take care cheers bye bye 